Welcome to the Visegrad Inside podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. All right, welcome. 16th of January uh, 2023. Uh, we're in, uh, we're in the, again, Visegrad Inside studio uh, in, in Warsaw. Uh, Miles Mafti and Wojciech Szybelski recording uh, uh, the podcast about Czech elections. Essentially, that's the story of Central Europe this week. And, and the, the race that we've been following uh, for quite some time is now, is now entering the second round with quite interesting results, quite, quite a dynamics there because uh, there was a shift in the last moment in the, in the, in the, uh, between the exit polls and the final results of the first round. And it, it tells us also so much about where Czechia is. So, uh, so what what are we going to take uh, on on the on on the, you know into an our our analysis? I'm sorry. <laughs> what are we going to take into our analysis first, uh, Miles? Well, let's just start from the the fact that 68% of Czech voters actually came out for the election, which I would say is a fairly good turnout, right? Um, kind of gives once again credence to this idea that every election these days is so massive, so defining, right? Um, yeah, and when you look at how tight the, the race was, you have retired General uh, Piotr Pavel, who had a really tight majority. So he got 35.4% of the vote, uh, and former PM Andrei Babish had 34.99% of the vote, right? So you can see that that's a, that's a pretty... It's a pretty slight margin there. Well, it seems like a pretty slight margin for General Pavel if we do not take the, the context. And the context, I think, is important because with a number of uh, other contenders, um, that, uh, that result is not that bad. Uh, Mr. Babish and Mr. Pavel represent two types of Czech Republic that were defined in the previous presidential elections, uh, which um, some people say is... Um, Czech Republic of Karchma, uh, so kind of the local pub, and the Czech Republic of Café, more intellectual, citizen-driven, uh, kind of more liberal and, and open towards uh, European integration and European uh, unity overall. And, and I think these two results uh, should be combined. I mean, we already know that, that several uh, candidates, most of the other candidates, who are in the race already endorsed uh, General Pavel, and that right. that they are making a difference, and we can nearly, nearly for sure say that General Pavel is going to be the next president of Czech Republic. Although this is not official yet, this is the prediction, this is the the forecast. But with given numbers, um, it, it pretty much looks like uh, it is. It is uh, that is the state of the play. But you really never know because when you think of the pre-election. Uh, you think of the pre-election surveys and you had uh, Danush Nerodova, right? She was actually neck and neck with the two of them. And then the the results, she was a, a distant third with 13.9%. Correct. And that was a big disappointment also on behalf of those who really wanted to have her as at least very close in that right. race. Uh, uh, and, and someone who represents a new phase of Czech Republic, Otherwise, a uh, very masculine country in terms yeah. of uh, public offices and the p- people who are exposed in, you know, on the front lines of business and, 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 uh, um, and government offices and so on. 
Um, and here we were seeing a new face, uh, someone we also looked into the, when we were profiling the right. three main candidates uh, uh, a week or two weeks ago. And I think, yeah, that was a big disappointment in that uh, in that race. But I mean, she's also endorsing Pavel. I mean, yeah. now all forces are uh, about all these forces are about supporting uh, general uh, former um, for, former leader within NATO structures uh, who who now is uh, entering into this uh, not so nice battle. But we're going to talk about it, I guess. Uh, in a moment, let's maybe first define what sort of presidency are we talking about? What's, because, I mean, there is a popular vote uh, of, of a president who, uh, I mean, how well, would we describe the system? That's, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of times people tend to think that it's a pretty ceremonial function, right? Because you look at Czechia and you understand that it's a, it's a parliamentary democracy. It's not a sort of semi-parliamentary democracy. Like in Poland, where the president actually Correct. has a lot of formal power and right. it's semi-presidential and, yes. and it's difficult enough. Exactly. So then, you know, you think uh, they made the president pretty pretty weak, but in this sense, they're directly uh, elected. So this kind of tells you a bit more from the sociological perspective what Czech voters are actually looking at here. And it's going to be only the second in the history of the country, of the modern history of the country, the second directly elected president because uh, previously the presidents were elected by the parliament yeah. and still uh, this function of direct election of the of the parliament uh, where would not mean that they would have uh, less power because the, the president in, in Czech Republic doesn't have that many powers largely ceremonial as you said and at the same time we have seen that this largely ceremonial function probably with not best designed political um, uh, checks and balances uh, for the office when the parliament enacted direct vote, directly voted, uh, the, the direct vote as a method of election, right. uh, enabled Mr. Zeman, uh, a strong man of the, of the Czech uh, politics and uh, a former prime minister who led the country into the EU, mm-hmm. and definitely uh, the, the big figurehead of, of the Socialist uh, Party. Nonetheless, I mean, in conflict with the current of the uh, of, of the leadership, of subsequent leadership of the party, but still a big, big name um, who, who only spelled trouble on subsequent governments, yeah. including the government of, of Mr. Babish. And he was showing that as a skilled politician in the past, he can only um, influence uh, the Czech politics. This, 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 the, 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 you would say, the symbolism of of the communication that, the, that comes from the president, the nature of the international relations, by making all sorts of rogue addresses, you know, right. towards China, towards Russia, having lots of uh, strange, strange moments, like he was showing himself with this. Uh, uh, dummy gun, uh, which uh, which had an inscription for the press on journalists, uh, you know, and he was he was the embodiment of 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 the kind of the, the right wing populism could be, uh, you know, in the as a left leaning or originating from the social democrats um, politician. But it's just this idea that you know you're a Czech voter who, uh, on more the symbolic level. Do you want to be the sort of face and leader of like 
discussing your global position in the world, discussing the aftermath of the EU presidency, right? Kind of following through with what's happening in, in Ukraine and so forth. So I guess from my perspective, it's it would kind of make sense to give our listeners sort of a little uh, background here or showing the, the difference, I guess, between the two. Oh, between Babish and Pavel and yeah. I, uh, I. I would just begin perhaps by saying that Czech, typical Czech voters, uh, as we've been learning from our Czech colleagues over many years of writing and discussing Czech Republic, do not look that much outwards, do not look so much to the global positioning of Czech Republic. They want their guy for their own domestic agenda. And that makes this election also very interesting because right. definitely we see Mr. Uh, Babish, who wants to be that guy, and yet he cannot, he cannot be because he has compromised himself uh, as an as a inefficient, ultimately, uh, political leader, as a prime minister who failed the public opinion uh, during COVID. And, and also there comes the issues of corruption, which might be important also for big parts of the electorate. And Mr. Pavel, General Pavel, who is right. a general, B, also diplomat, international leader uh, with, with a lot of popularity. And then they, st- they, stand do, they do stand apart because the, the first guy says, I do business. You know, I don't do politics. I do business, right. kind of, yeah. you know, local karchma style. And Mr. Pavel, General Pavel says, "Well, I'm I'm the Czech Republic. I'm the face, international face of the right. Czech Republic. Uh, that could be difficult, but it doesn't seem to be by the numbers." Uh, so Mr. Babish, right after he uh, saw the results disappointing uh, his expectations, he started a very ugly. Uh, campaign, smear campaign, smear campaign. Almost, right? Right, right. Yeah. So he started to say that uh, General Babish is the guy who will pull Czechia into war, yeah. which links directly to the elections we've seen in early 2023 in Hungary, where Orban uh, attacked on that line right. uh, the, his, his main contender from the opposition. It's also the first time I've ever heard a candidate like this basically saying, get ready for all of those fake news stories, for all of those memes, for all of these doctored photos and so forth. I've never come across that before. That, that was definitely new. But I think this is also a sign of, 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 of him losing it. Yeah. I mean, you, you, can, you can sense that there is, there is a strong defensive campaign, but it's hardly uh, an offensive, hardly uh, uh, a possibility to, uh, to win over those who are undecided. So Pavel has obvious strengths here, and he's got the support, the endorsements, uh, and and this endorsement came nearly immediately from the right. other candidates, and this is where it matters for the campaign. So you have the positive emotion about Pavel, and you have Babish campaign, who is all about trying to demobilize and disenfranchise the voters right. to to make it as ugly as it it can. And over the next. Uh, 10 days there he will have a chance yeah you know there's just this one thing that i kind of need to add that's a bit more meta just on elections in general right uh being someone who was in dc when trump was elected all the way to uh what happened again in 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 hungary uh last year you know it just seems like there's this feeling that every single election that's that's happening it's kind of it's kind of the biggest doomsday scenario or like we're 
electing for the future of what's to come, that this matters more so, you know, like vote or die type of situation. And not that I, I don't like this idea of comparing the two, because you obviously do have to compare the two. But this idea that uh, oftentimes we see in Europe that we're we're voting for either autocracy or democracy, or we're voting for some um, insane right wing uh, propagandist versus the liberal minded sort of thing. I The reason that that can capture attention, I understand. But what I don't like is, is that you see how close the results were. So then it's kind of a question of democratic security. When you look at the aftermath, you essentially have two different types of voters in Czech Republic. How are they going to come and merge together after the fact, right? So this is obviously something that we didn't really see with Orban because, you know, this he, he won the majority of this. But this is kind of something I think that we should keep on the outlook because, um, and obviously this is something that we're going to go really deeply in next week as well when it comes to uh, our, our events that we're having. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for uh, hinting at those as we're currently working on, on the invitations also. So, so be invited, our listeners are kindly invited to follow State of Czechia, a series of uh, discussions of Monday to Thursday, one at, once a day on Zoom for subscribers of Visegrad Insight who, uh, who want to come and join in a, it's not a webinar as usual it's it's a, a state-of-the-art uh, online meeting with uh, politicians diplomats analysts journalists who will discuss with us the the really where where this country is at, right. giving uh, giving the interest now and the focus on Czechia in international uh, press it's 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 the right moment to understand where the country goes and these questions of course will be will be asked there will be questions about whether well Czech democracy uh, has been so well resi- so so resilient over the mm-hmm. past also mm, as it didn't it didn't go despite the, the negative tendencies uh, from the political leaders so far in democratic backsliding as others or was it simply lucky as, as right. Michal Kopeczek uh, said on, on one of our previous podcasts on Czech Republic. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you're, you're, you're completely right to say that there will be still a group of 35, maybe it will grow to, you know, maybe 40% of, of voters yeah. who eventually vote for, uh, who do not vote for the sitting president. But that is still, if that number from 34.99% of uh, electorate voting for Babish in the first round will go even to 40% or even 44. Mm-hmm. That's still a huge difference right. in a in a in a direct elections and um, definitely. And I think that 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 also what enables us to say that this is uh, this is a clear forecast for the next president who will be uh, Mr. Uh, Pavel General Pavel and uh, who also and that also indicates that we should disregard perhaps uh, all these um, tactics that Mr. Babish now desperately tries to use to to disenfranchise um, voters. You know, even but but we cannot <clears throat> we cannot say because you mentioned this yeah. that that this is a normal thing in a democracy to have these two leaders and they are a mixed bag and definitely Mr. Uh, Babish is a mixed bag. That, mm-hmm. that that's what we know for sure. 
General Pavel is also not an angel, uh, so definitely he presents more integrity uh, to, to the eyes of, uh, of the general public in, in terms of his service and performance. But there is a context of war and the war in Ukraine and this undermining and this uh, um, uh, essentially inception of Russian uh, propaganda into the ears uh, of the electorate through the mouth uh, and, and through the loudspeakers that the some of the politicians have, that's, that's something really to, to be watched for. And Mr. Babish has no scruples to do that. He's, uh, you know, he's doing exactly what, what Mr. Orban has been doing. Uh, and again, playing on some, some of the fears of Czech Republic not to be engaged you know, too much in the conflict uh, and to stand apart, rather to be involved in, in defense of the core Western alliance security. So I think this is really dangerous. And, you know, and as we speak in, in Czech Republic, this is, this is really important because this one, this one other of the countries that decide on, on the support in the Eastern flank, that has been on the forefront of the support to Ukraine. The prime minister Fiala has been the first leader to visit um, Kiev after you know, the war started. Uh, along with Jans, Mr. Jansa, former pres, uh, prime minister of Slovenia, and the leaders of Poland, uh, Morawiecki and Kaczynski. So, so we, we see, and that was the, during EU presidency. So we see, I think this is uh, the, uh, just before the EU presidency. And we see that um, in the context of now what is being decided, the uh, sending of tanks, battle tanks, that, mm -hmm. you know, Czechia is also involved in the production of uh, heavily defense, uh, heavily involved in the production um, in the defense sector and the exports um, to, to Ukraine. It all it matters very much. And un unfortunately, uh, democracy do not like wars, probably. Right. Democracies do not function at their best when there is war, but they definitely function better than, than autocracy. And undermining democracy um, like through these means um, that we also observe to some extent in Czech Republic, it is very, very dangerous beyond its borders, not yeah. just for Czech Republic itself. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I have to say, I, I, I keep fingers crossed for General Pavel. Yeah, I read a very interesting piece by uh, Dalibor Rohaj from American Enterprise Institute, and we've had him before on the podcast and so forth. And he says, whatever happens, Czech democracy is going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a reassuring. Yes. <laughs> well, greetings to you, Dalibor, um, if you listen to us. And uh, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, stay in touch. Stay tuned for the next, po next podcast next week. And do subscribe to our events, State of Czechia, uh, that you will see online very soon on, on Visegrad Insight, or you may already see it. And, and subscribe to these events. Subscribe to Visegrad Insight. Uh, for your monthly or yearly subscriptions with also actually cool promo code we could in, in, uh, put in the description of this episode. Yeah.